When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I think it I think that was you really what you need. Yeah. I mean, I think that was a real important reminder to me and also hopefully the listeners cuz I think they're I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, 75% of people that have you know, pretty serious marriage issues talk to other people way too much, even their therapist and I'm I'm guilty of that too and I, you know, well, divorce is contagious, as we know. Yeah. When you see it happen in a group, it starts happening all over. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not anti divorce. Yeah. I'm just, I don't think it's what we set out to do. Yeah. And it stops us. I mean, it is a death of mm-hmm. a dream, it's a death of what you wanted to see happen. Mm. And there are consequences. See, we could talk about this right All here day long. we can talk about it for years it's such a painful place it's yeah. it's such a painful um thing to watch people go through i uh, one thing i wish i had said uh-huh. earlier in uh-huh. the first podcast uh-huh. is that if any therapist tells you to divorce you need to fire them right then and there you need to fire them so that's not their call that is not their call yeah that is not their call yeah ever and that's a sign that they're out of bounds. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I'm very happy if, very willing, I should say, if a client says to me, this is the decision I've made uh-huh. and we've turned over every other stone, you uh-huh. know, can you support me on how to do this well? And uh-huh. I'm going to say, absolutely, you know, I'll, that's my job. Yeah. That's my job. But if any therapist tells you to do that, yeah, then... They should be fired. Yeah. We should be reported for malpractice. You cannot do that. That's a really interesting point because even though people wouldn't probably think that was as out of lines as this example, as it would be if someone said to you, I don't think you should have children or you should start having babies right now. Life changing. Right. Why do we think we can tell people you should get divorced? We can't. It's not our call. Like ever. It has never been. It has never been yeah. somebody in an abusive situation. I can't tell them to get mm-hmm. divorced. I can wish that they would. Yeah. You know, just get some peace. Yeah. I can see the peace over the valley. I think the one thing that I've said I've regretted in 30 years of practice, it's on this topic. Of course, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of other regrets, but is the one time I said to somebody, um, there are worse things. 
than mm. being divorced. Mm -hmm. And I have kicked myself for that. Really? Even though I was right and right. the person probably needed to hear it, I still feel like it was edgy. Yes. It, it, it could wow. have. Um, but this person was in such a terribly abusive that shows me though how far your boundary is because I wouldn't have felt guilty to yeah, say that I or hear really you guilty. say that. Because I knew, I think as a therapist, you have to know how your words land on somebody. Yeah. And if I had been their partner and heard that, mm -hmm. if their partner had been mm -hmm. in the room, I might not have said that. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. my boundary. That's a great Maybe point. I would have, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just have to be careful to not say things that I wouldn't say if their partner were in the room. Right. If I am holding their relationship as my client. That must be so exhausting. And, and this is why a lot of people probably don't want to do couples therapy is it's so much to hold and think about. And for you to even have that invisible person in the room that's not there, mm -hmm. that you're trying to think, would I say this if their partner was there right now? Yeah. That's a lot of mental gymnastics to it have is. to keep. Well, and you're having to be respectful of this other human's life. Yeah. Who is deeply affected by everything that we are saying and doing. And the children, I have many times had clients bring pictures of their children and I put them right on the table in front of me and say to myself, those are my clients. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean like work your behind off, Carol. Like see, oh my goodness. see what you can do here. And I know that's a little too much on me sometimes, but it keeps me with perspective mm -hmm. on how serious this yeah. work is and how my job is to really help these people love each other better mm -hmm. so that their parents, you know, and there yeah. are times that you can't. Yeah. And I, Robert has seen me come home and just, you know, fall apart over the uh, times that, you know, it, that I just can't find anything. I cannot find it. And you take your job so seriously I take that it you're so thinking seriously. of every And member. I'll go back to the books, won't I? And, and just like, what am I missing here? And, oh. um, you know, that's part of my work as a therapist is not to overwork. Wow. But it means so much. I can see the long game. Yeah, You know, we're there in the middle of pain and the brain doesn't see the long game when you're in pain. It sees right now. Ooh. And so for clients, I know they're seeing, but I want some relief right now. You know, I want the yeah. McDonald's version of relief. And I'm saying there's a yes. And sometimes that's a good, you know, sometimes, I mean, I think every couple's therapist needs to say this out loud is that divorce sometimes is a good option. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's the right option. Right. But I'm going to say the, the vast majority of the time mm -hmm. it's not. Yes. You know, and that's where, you know, I hopefully we can just include this in the podcast because I yeah, love it. But when you think about the the analogy that came to my mind when you were talking about just why divorce is usually not the best option is kind of when people want to just they're not happy with their life and they say, I'm just going to move. Yeah. It's and like life. a New Year's resolution. Yes, I just the grass will be greener. There's got to be a, a quick fix that can give me quick relief, but mm -hmm. then the, the same problems follow you and oh, you don't learn the 100%. lessons. 100%. Like I have social yeah. anxiety or I'm rude or, you know, I, I've made a lot of mistakes here, so I'm going to move across the country and get started yeah. and, and a new fresh start. And I think that's how people think divorce. Oh, it's too far gone. 
I know I'm miserable here. Yeah, but it's really true. Right. It's then that, the same, true that it's too far gone. Right. And the yeah. same patterns will reoccur when you move across country to your social okay. life. Okay. And the same problems, like I, you would probably know who said this, but there's some famous marriage person that says, if you when you get divorced, you trade in one set of problems for a new set. Yeah. Hopefully we're all saying that. Yeah. It's, it's what I said in the last podcast that every person you are partnered with, you have a bucket of 10. You know, hmm. what is your bucket of 10 issues with this person? Ah. Robert and I have our bucket of 10. This yeah. is what I choose. Yeah. You know, I like his bucket of issues like better than the other options. But they're going to be a bucket of 10, right? I Even love that. To truly the kindest human being I've ever met in my Aww. life. We're still going to have our bucket. I do not She make makes you kind. You kind. I Aww. do not. It's not true. Y'all are so It's just sweet. not true. It is not true. You're adorable. No. She's a bit like a, you know what a horse whisperer is like? Yes. <laughs> Well, she's, it's, it's kind of a true. wonderful uh, situation where it's she's just a perfect horse whisperer, and I get to know what it's like to be the horse. Aww. It's really amazing. That is just like she's uh, yeah. a person whisperer, and she's done that on you? Yes. Aww. That's so nice. Well, and the other thing that you said, and it really kind of hit home with me, was um, reconnecting me with my real self if you like because we have all this baggage that we bring around with us and it's probably a bit off topic but it was fantastically terrifying for me and carol said well one of my tasks is to windex you in other words to clear your um, vision ooh so windex see yourself like you really should see yourself mm-hmm. not all clouded and full of this baggage that um, and sort of a few the barnacles of life yeah, that's the opposite of what we were talking about earlier, isn't it? Is that my responsibility as a partner is for my mirror to be about everything that is lovable about this human being mm. whom I have the privilege of being with. You know, I think not I said show that them to their you. flaws, exactly. but show them that's the beauty. And so this whole confronting people and being their accountability partner, yeah, it's really tempting. But it's not our job. Right. That is not my job. My job is actually to love Robert Stoney. Uh Now, if he does something that's, you know, actively injuring to me, which he wouldn't even know how to do. But if if he were to do something like that, then certainly I would need to speak up and defend myself Mm -hmm. and stand up for myself. But still Mm -hmm. not in a way that puts him down. Right. Why? It's not in the contract. That's not in my contract with him is to try to change him to be somebody different. I did think, you know, because we met a little bit later in time, so we both had our barnacles. Uh Um, And I felt very fortunate in that way that I think our journey has been um, a great windexing with each other. Yeah, and getting some of it. Is that is that what you were saying? Yes, absolutely. And I think that fundamentally people are good underneath. I mm. think that a lot of people think, well, if I'm Windex, I don't know, I'm going to discover all sorts of horrors in there. But actually, it's, I think it's exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think when we cover up, and we tend to cover up all that natural good. Mm-hmm. We should be contacting it. We should be... Um, yeah. <clears throat> have our partners clarify that for us. We need a partner who sees it, right? They see us the most. They see us when we're sick and they see us in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. I've, I've been laughing recently that my phone has a face ID and it doesn't recognize me in the morning. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh gosh, what does Robert see if the phone doesn't even recognize me, my face, whatever it's doing in the Stranger morning? Stranger danger. Who yes, is this? Exactly. It's just exactly. my morning it must, self. It must look really bad. <laughs> whatever my face is contorted into in the morning. But like, so we see these parts of each other and have somebody see you through and through and to know you that well and still be able to say, let me tell you 10 reasons I'm still married to you and that I will always be married to you. Mm. And like, I'm Remind be clear you about of the that good. versus you live on the precipice because you're not perfect in this one way. Mm. I, I mean, that's, that brings so much stress into the system for people. And, and to me, it's accumulated pain. So by the time people have come into my office, they've had, and your office, I'm sure they've had years and years of inability to communicate effectively what's happening for them. They don't know themselves well enough. Mm-hmm. So they're putting it on their partner. You should be making me feel a certain mm-hmm. way. Well, no, they shouldn't. Right. You know, you should be making me, you remember you used to do those things that made me feel, you and I talked about this a yeah. little bit last time, instead of being able to say, you know what? I missed that. I realized that that's one of the things that I feel told. I feel so loved when you do that. Mm-hmm. I made Robert laugh recently. Do you know what I'm going to say in the story? <laughs> we were, um, you were totally shocked when I said that we went through Whole Foods. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we were in this one little section in Whole Foods and he came up and he put his arm around me and he kissed me on the head. Aw. Now to know Robert Stone, he doesn't do that. He's not a PDA yeah. kind of person. Yeah. And I don't know what possessed you to do that. But that will forever be like one of my top 10 moments Aww. ever being married. I, I loved that moment. Aw. I don't know why. I don't know why. But instead of saying, oh, you never do this, I'm like, that. Aww. I love do more when of that. you did that. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So you want to be a, a, um, a better uh, trail map for your partner. Be clear. Of what works versus yes. like... Uh, I used to do this experiment when I was when I was doing couple seminars, uh-huh. and I'm piggybacking this off of somebody else. And I think I changed it a little bit, but I can't give credit where it's due because I uh-huh. don't remember who did it. But when I would do couple seminars, I would stand up and I would say like, "All right," I would pick a person in the audience and say, "All right, I need your help with something. Can you come up here with me?" They would stand next to me, and I would say, "I need you to find somebody in the audience who's not a parent." And now I, I need that person to also be driving a blue car. And I need them also to be doing this. And you can see their stress level go up and up. Mm. They, you know, and I need this person to have gone to college. Well, they're looking at a room of strangers and they don't know these people. They're like, how do I find this information? You know, they have to have on a watch, I think was one it's of so the things that I had on. And specific. Weird stuff that they're stressing out. They're looking around. What if I get this wrong? I'm in front of 20 people. And then I say, okay, exhale. Now, I need you to find someone in a pink shirt. They're like, point, right there. Okay. That's what marriage is like. Mm. You know, am I stressing this person out with all these vague tasks that you have to do? And you should know that because I told you 20 years ago. Right. That stuff that we do to each other. Or am I saying pink shirt? Being clear with my partner, like, I loved it when you kissed my head in Whole Foods. Or thank you for hugging. um, He hugged, I call her our daughter because he helped raise her. But Uh um, you you hugged a child, I think, recently and said something to her. I know what it was when when we were leaving the the wedding a few weeks ago. And 
he went up to the prickly 19 year old and called her sweetheart and uh-huh. put his arm around her. And it's like, that's so dear. Makes your heart when, melt. Yeah, it does. When you do stuff like that, like, oh, I just fall in love all over Aww. again. Thank you so much for doing that. She really needed that. I needed that. You try to be really clear on what makes you feel pink connected shirt. and pink shirt. Yeah. And if you don't have that skill, that's a skill in itself mm. because it's a vulnerable skill. You're mm-hmm. talking about your feelings. You're talking about something that you liked. Mm-hmm. That's much harder. Let's be clear. It is mm-hmm. much harder than talking about something that you don't like. That is the low hanging fruit. Interesting. It is so much easier to criticize than it is to do this vulnerable thing and say, Actually, I like intimacy this way. Mm-hmm. That's harder yes. than saying, but you're doing this wrong. Right. Uh, yeah. Don't do this. Don't do this. I don't like this. It's 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 tricky. Mm. It's tricky. And we have to really work with ourselves. I love the trail map Im- imagery. It's a trail. Why wouldn't you want somebody to to get where you want them to go? Yeah. You know, if if your goal, if your long goal is I want to be married to this person yeah. or I want us to have our family be together. Make it clear. Mm. We talked about that last time. Transparency is kind. Mm. Kind is clear. Mm. Kind is clear. But this is part of loving other people. Mm-hmm. It's a part of managing our neurobiology and knowing how to connect with other people. Because when we're really upset, mm-hmm. we're not going to let the enemy know where we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it that way, just from a biological yeah. standpoint. I am not going to reveal myself and all my nakedness mm-hmm. to somebody who's trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to duck safe. and cover or yeah. I'm going to be firing back. And that protective armor is going to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if I'm working with clients now, I'm much more attuned to what's happening in their bodies. What state are they in? Are they in what we call a ventral vagal state? And if you're, if you're listening to this and you're interested in this, if you look at polyvagal theory, mm-hmm. which is, you can find tons of stuff on YouTube about this stuff for couples, um, things that are going to bore you because they're really technical and mm-hmm. scientific. And then there are things that people are doing to try to explain it to really interested couples out there. Mm-hmm. But it's basically just talking about where are you, where is your nervous system operating right now? Mm-hmm. Is it feeling safe or is it not? Mm-hmm. And if we can just simplify it in that way, mm-hmm. I need to do that for myself. I don't want to think through all these cranial nerves and all this stuff when right. I'm thinking about my husband. Yeah. I want to think about, do I feel safe or do I not? Mm. Is my body activated or mobilized or is it not? Or is it in some form of feeling collapse and hopelessness? Mm. Or is it feeling like the world's a pretty good place? Mm-hmm. Because depending, this is the critical part of this, where my body is in that point will tell the story about what's happening. Mm. The state of my body will tell the story about what's happening. And it will tell the story of what my partner's doing. Mm. It gives them that feedback. Yes. So if I'm going into what you were talking about earlier, like I'm just going to be honest with this person and stand Mm -hmm. up for myself. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing that from a place of agitation and mobilization, it's not going to land well Mm -hmm. because this other person is going to sense our bodies sense this stuff so, so quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. eight times a second, our brain is checking for safety with another human being. Wow. Even you and I are doing that right now, looking at each other. Our brain is checking. Are you safe with me? Are you about to criticize me? Are you about to come after me? I I need to know as an animal that I'm safe in this room eight times a second. second. And it's so underneath 
any conversation that we're having, you're checking it out, not in my words, but in the tone of my voice, mm-hmm. you know, in the expression on my face, mm-hmm. in the way that you've got your head tilted to the mm-hmm. side a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know you're more receptive. Mm-hmm. If you were upright, I would mm-hmm. feel like you were less receptive. Tense. Yeah. There's all there's so many cues that our body is picking up on that we don't understand that we're giving or right. receiving. So if I'm gonna stand up for myself, then I need to do it from a place of safety. Mm. Or I'm not where I'm going to trigger alarms in another human being. Yeah. This is so important. I've decided mm-hmm. that, so you know, I've done so much premarital work. That's mm-hmm. a place where I've done a lot of research. And um, I think that to me, it, it's just hitting me more and more over the last few years. Mm-hmm. That that's the place when I'm taking on premarital couples right now that I'm hitting the hardest is I'm giving them a biology lesson. And I'm saying you are not just marrying somebody who looks cute in their jeans here. Mm -hmm. You are partnering with a neural system. Mm. And how do you want to handle that? Wow. Are you going to be, you know, I I kind of simplified it last time saying, does your partner feel more panic or more care when he or she is with you? We talked Mm -hmm. about that. But this, I think it's not enough. I think I've got to actually explain to somebody that if my partner, if his body and brain are activated, Mm -hmm. I've lost him in a negative way. Yeah. 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 In a, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If they're over the threshold, yeah. some activation being good. Yeah. But if he's like at a place flight, of feeling mm-hmm. like um, there's some threat, if yeah. he sensed threat, yeah. danger, his, yeah. his body has said there's some danger, then there is, I have a snowball's chance in hell of having a good conversation with mm-hmm. him at that mm-hmm. point. And so, and then you get into knowing your own particular systems, like your children. What do they do when they feel unloved or uncared for or threatened? Well, I've got one whose claws will come out, mm-hmm. and I've got another one who shuts down. You might hear about it next November. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what actually happened that hurt her feelings? Yeah. <laughs> then you start, you know, another person might be just making nonsense. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So what's the specific ventral vagal part of that? The ventral vagal is the system that we call the safety system in the body. So as a therapist, you can imagine before every session, I need to make sure that I am back in my ventral self. Mm. That's the part of me. That's the newest part of the brain in terms Mm. of evolution. It's the one that, yeah, yeah. It's the newest part and it's the part that connects to other human beings. It's creative. It's resourceful. Mm. It can play. You know, it can do all, and I wrote down a couple of notes here. Yeah, yeah, it can connect and it can create. That's the only place we're going to problem solve with our partner. Hmm. I am not problem solving with somebody who's shooting at me. Right, right. We're not going to sit down and have a rational conversation Mm -hmm. if I think I am not safe. Mm -hmm. So our brain doesn't care if there's a gun there or if if our partner's words are there. Mm -hmm. Either can trigger that lack or that that feeling of a lack of safety. You're in self-preservation mode. You're mm-hmm. not really in creative, like you said, problem-solving yeah. mode. Yeah. So if you if you're working with a partner, if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out why can my partner and I not have any good discussions about this topic, mm-hmm. he or she exits the room emotionally or physically mm-hmm. whenever I bring it up, then I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say think about how you're bringing it up. You may want to talk to them about that. Say, I notice when I bring this up, it really upsets you. Mm -hmm. Is there another way that I could do that Mm -hmm. that would feel good to you? Mm -hmm. And you, you know, 
let's be clear. There are times that there are partners who are completely unaccessible. Yeah. Inaccessible. Yeah. They're not willing. They're not available. They're not teachable or willing to change. They're not teachable. They're not willing. I mean, Mm -hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. I find that to be pretty unusual. Most people want somebody who says, hey, look, what I'm doing obviously doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work with you. Yeah. As human beings, we tend to go back in and say, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it the exact same way until it works with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it louder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other person's safety system is going off and we're mm-hmm. gone. We're not going to have any good conversation. So if I if I say, okay, I need to find another way to talk to you about this really tricky issue because I'm I'm lighting up all the bells on the pinball machine mm-hmm. talking to you yeah. right now. If you could just think about it that visually, because that's yeah. what I see when I'm sitting with a couple. Ooh, this person's lit up. But it could be small. It could be something like, you see them get straighter in their chair mm-hmm. or you see them look down mm-hmm. or you hear their voice get lower or or higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever that person does yeah. when they get upset, it's really interesting for partners to start observing their partner. What does he or she do right. when they're activated or when they're feeling that sense of threat like, oh, this isn't going to go well? Yeah, and that's a neat idea to view it sort of as not an alarm system, but it's sort of like, how am I doing? Like, yeah, by their nonverbals, like, how am I making Carol feel right now? Am I making her feel comfortable and positive and safe? Or am mm-hmm. I making her feel nervous, threatened, uncomfortable, judged, something? Yeah. So looking... Well, you know that as a therapist. Yeah, yeah. If they don't feel safe, mm-hmm. cared for, respected... They're not going to work with you. It so is same with our partners. Yeah. It's funny. I've noticed this and maybe you do too. I know it's a little different in the office versus virtual, but when I have new clients, I notice a lot of times when I come down those stairs into the lobby, I'll notice their face goes really quickly because I smile and I don't know exactly what I do, but I can see them go from this to relief yes it's like a smile with relief yes they're like oh i'm relieved she looks safe i've gotten through that moment where i thought it could go badly yes and she doesn't look like she's going to shame me yes or whatever it is she looks comfortable warm accepting something that that lets their guard down and it's your whole job even if you spent that whole first session doing that you're sending and i'm trying to send a message the whole first time like you're in a safe pair of hands it's one of I my husband's this. expressions that I love. You're in a, You're safe. In a safe pair oh, of Oh, that's good. I love that. He's talked about different people like his father in the world or different people who were a safe pair of hands. Ooh, and, I love that. Um, and so I, I try to picture that with my clients. Do you feel safe with me? Mm-hmm. Do you feel cared? Even if I'm disagreeing with them mm-hmm. about something, do you still know you're cared for mm-hmm. and respected? You know, you're welcome here is a very common phrase that I might write in an email Mm. or you're very welcome here. I want them to feel like this is a place that hard things can happen. Wow. Because you're safe with me. You're Mm -hmm. safe with me. I'm not going to criticize you. I'm not going to say bad things about you ever. I love that, though, because... I know what you are so passionate about is helping people. One of my favorite phrases before it's too late, if we could give people these tools in premarital early Mm -hmm. marriage, or even people have been together for a long time or in that negative sentiment override, Mm -hmm. which I know we've talked about. I love that. 
that concept just really hits home for me with couples. Because you're a human. Yeah. You get into these negative, yeah, you get walls up, you get, you know, a lot of armor on. But um, if we could just focus as, if I want to be a good partner, if I can become the best expert in the world of being able to know what helps my my partner's neural networks or neural systems feel comfortable and safe to bring out that best self that I see in them. Yeah. You That's know, why you married him. Yes, helping them Windex yeah. the plaque off their it's own still eyes in and, and just. But they're getting barnacles, as Robert said. Hey, <laughs> really, you know, thick. from being with us. Yeah, you know, they oh. get barnacles over life of being with us. It's unintended. A yeah, lot of the time. Maybe. I'm having to put my guard up and yeah. more protective barriers up because this we don't isn't want this. safe. That's not fun. People aren't dancing. They're not yeah. having fun anymore. If they think they're going to walk in the room and get criticized, yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, you know, that's not. It's not good for our health. So if you're thinking about just what's happening in your physical health in a mm-hmm. relationship, what's happening in the body? Mm. You know, if if my body is on vigil all the time for the emotional yeah. tornado that's about to hit, then my immune system is not going to be very healthy. Right. And the cortisol levels that are going to be higher in my system, that's going to mm-hmm. start breaking down my organs. You know, so nothing's quite right. All the dials are switched in the wrong direction if my relationship's not going well. This is why we know that healthy relationships are predictive of better health. Yes. Because the opposite is very true. If we're in unhealthy relationships, our body's really going to struggle in some of the basic stuff that it needs to be doing. You know, sleep being one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just being able to digest your food well. If Mm -hmm. your nervous system is really activated, you're not digesting your food as well. You know, you're not having the life energy. Mm -hmm. I um, I listened to a friend sent me a podcast last week about how the opposite of depression is not... um, Happiness, which I totally loved. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a good goal for anybody. Any client who tells me they want to be happy, mm-hmm. I dissuade them of quickly because I just don't think that's a good goal. Yeah, yeah. Unless we're going to start like an IV of crack or something. I mean, like, yeah, like, it's not realistic it's to not be realistic. happy all the time. But this person, this this psychologist, I'm sorry, I can't quote it, but she said um, the opposite of depression is vitality. Ooh. It's about your life energy. It's about do you are you looking forward to your life? Mm. You know, are you looking forward to tomorrow? And I just thought that was wonderful. Are you looking forward to tomorrow in your relationship? Or has your relationship become a place that you're not looking forward to? Mm. I mean, so many times I hear people say, oh, I don't want to drive in the garage. You know, I don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. I, I dread these kind of, yeah, I dread the conflict. I know it's home. Like I'm getting pulled toward there. Like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be there. But I don't, it feels bad. Yes. Yeah. It feels bad. Yeah. Your nervous system probably goes into overdrive the second you walk in the door. And it predicts it going forward. When I was doing this training on polyvagal, Mm -hmm. um, on the polyvagal information, which I thought was just life changing and Mm -hmm. practice changing. One of the things I thought was interesting was they said, you know how you can, your your skin is so sensitive that you can feel a hair Mm -hmm. go across it Mm -hmm. or like a spider go across it. That's to a physical thing. We are so sensitive to each other mm-hmm. our body is reacting even when the rest of us isn't quite aware mm-hmm. that we're having a reaction to a person and what i love about that is that you know the other thing that we know is that 80 percent of the information going into this nervous system is from the body it's not from your head hmm. so that's that's about 20 percent of the information wow. going into your nervous system so this is real failing in psychotherapy that we're thinking great thoughts are going to help people change Mm -hmm. their relationships. It's not. 
Wow. You know, that that happens next. Mm-hmm. We've got to get our bodies to a place where we can receive information and work with each other and learn a lot about that. Or we're not going to be able to do all these fabulous exercises that are out there. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a really important part of mm-hmm. learning how to run your own system so that you can be in a co-regulated system with another partner. Mm-hmm. I know you really like the video that I sent you on co-regulation. You thought yeah, it made a lot of sense. Just to explain that uh, in a way, you know, for a sort of um, dummy's guide for co-regulation. Dummies. No, I knew that. <laughs> Give us the layman's version of co-regulation. Yeah. Tommy's version. Sorry, <laughs> says. Dummy. Dummies, dummies. Oh, okay. Oh, brilliant. Uh, no, I think it's just the simplicity of um, kicking a soccer ball back and forth. Being insane. I use that in the office a lot. And I know there are therapists like... Um, the amazing Stan Tatkin who does that, who has mm-hmm. couples throw a ball back and forth as they're talking, you know, just toss it back and forth as they're trying to solve a problem. Wow. Because it's part of regulating their nervous system with each other. Because if you think if I throw that ball at your head, how likely are you to, you know, be listening to the content of what I'm saying? Or if you just pick up the ball and hold it and keep it from me and walk away, I'm not likely to think that you're playing with me or in the game with me. So mm. when I talk with couples about conversations, because most of the work of therapy should be done outside of therapy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, make progress on your own. Yes. Make pro- you know, we want them to have visuals and ideas and thoughts mm-hmm. about uh, and not become too dependent on us. Yeah. Um, but I like the image that I give to couples of think of your conversation like a soccer ball. Does it feel like it's just coming back and forth? Does it feel like there's flow to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where I'm receiving, but I'm also sending it back. Mm-hmm. Nobody's kicking it at each other really hard. Nobody's mm. picking up the ball and going away. Right. You know, so that's co-regulation in Carol's version. It's probably not the version that's out in the world. No, but, that's, but it's a really good That's my good version visual. of understanding is that there's a sense that I want to play with you. Mm-hmm. I want this to be back and forth. And when you get a little bit dysregulated, when you maybe your system goes up, I'm able to come in and comfort your system. Mm-hmm. You know, if you picked up the ball for a second and said, I don't know if you want to play with me. Right. But I was able to say, throw me the ball so I can play with you a little bit longer. That's really good. Or, you know, it's, it's a regulation of recognizing that your partner's a little off. I love um, all the research on how we, you know, if we're in healthy relationships, we grow, we're just healthier and Mm -hmm. live better longer. But it makes so much sense if you have somebody who notices Mm -hmm. that you're a little off, that Mm -hmm. you're not getting enough sleep or you're, um, you know, we haven't had enough social time or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that's going on. If you have a partner who's that attuned Mm -hmm. to you, that's part of co-regulation. Robert is exceptionally good at that with me. Uh-huh. And I think I've learned a lot about myself just through what he sees in me wow. that I didn't know. You know. Growing up in a huge family, I don't know that anybody knew that we were there or not. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so it's been amazing to have him like say he sees and values and reflects yeah, the, the yeah. positives and also maybe when you need yeah, a little, are you okay yeah well actually i'm not thank you for asking yeah you know, or yeah he's just very good at being super attuned and talking about it and he's taught me how to do that a lot better wow. uh, um i think but anyway that's co-regulation neat is if you're not okay i'm not okay mm-hmm. mm. and so it's i can feel it and what do you need no, I think the, the co-regulation is so sort of automatic 
that in a way you don't have to worry then about whether you're in the ventral state or the dorsal state, which I think is the exact mm. opposite of that when you're actually... When you're super collapsed, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, your partner is co-regulating you. So, because one of the difficult things is actually recognizing what state you're in. Yeah, I think so at too. At any one time. Yeah. But if you're co-regulating automatically, you don't really have to know, you know you're co-regulating. Well, you have a hmm. partner who's probably going to point it out or, yes, exactly. or try to work with it a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. So you're just noticing where that partner is. They're noticing you and you're helping each other come back to ventral, mm. coming back to a safe place. You've got another pair of eyes managing your welfare. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love the symbolism of the soccer. Mm, yes, absolutely. But not um, <clears throat> but not in the way that um, you were talking about earlier about um, who you're my accountability partner. Right, yeah. Because that's something more kind of in the head. And uh, you're obviously right, that's a disaster. This is, this is actually just allowing the natural processes to work. Well, you don't actually, it's the 80%, if you like, rather than the 20%. Then the 20%. That's a good way to think about it. I like that. Mm-hmm. That the accountability or the, let me tell you all the things that are wrong with you, is really in the 20%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what, it's the thinking. Yeah. It's the, which does nothing except dysregulate the other 80% of you. <laughs> <laughs> which is basically saying, what's wrong with you? No, that, that, that would be really threatening. So I think when you're looking at a couple, you know, when we look at couples who divorce mm-hmm. in the first, what is it, like four to six years, that is the first wave of divorce. Mm-hmm. You've got people who are in high conflict. Mm-hmm. They are fighting. They're really at it. That's a different form of dysregulation. They have decided that relationship doesn't feel very good. Mm-hmm. They don't know their own system. They don't know their partner system. And they're just making it worse. It's just ratcheting mm. up. And then you see couples the last statistic I heard was the second wave of divorce being around 15 years. And that's when, you know, marriages are going out with a whisper, so to speak. Mm. So they say, you know, people are saying, I just just faded out. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't one big argument. We just don't know each other. There's this other person, my high school friend on Facebook who says I'm beautiful. Yeah. You know, so then you've got that whole system that comes up, something that feels good. We've disconnected. We're not Mm -hmm. regulated at all. So therapy, if you really want to simplify Mm -hmm. what couples therapy is, it's helping people get back into that regulation system. Mm. But it takes a lot of work because they don't trust that their partner is on their side. Mm -hmm. They easily go into that sympathetic, you know, mobilized, or they may collapse and say, um, forget it. I've told this person before to do this, or it's never going to work. Why would it work now? It's never worked before. Mm -hmm. Or they get into the attack. Well, if you hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. And so they don't, when you see that system, nobody's doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. They're just completely acting out of this physical sense that they don't feel safe with their partner. Mm. They don't feel cared for. Mm -hmm. They don't think this person is on their side. Yeah. And for a therapist to try to convince them to do date night is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Because yeah. these people, it's going to go, like, there are 10 ways of badly that's going to go. We're not comfortable. We're no. not safe. No, they don't trust that person even wants to How be How can we have them. fun when exactly. we're not safe? They can't get to ventral. They can't yeah. get to that ventral vagal place of ease. Right. That even if it's, even if this is disappointing uh-huh. or it's uncomfortable, I know you're on my side. Yeah. You know, and that's where we see couples being regulated. Wow. Um, 
So when they come into the office, we know that something has happened 40 mm-hmm. years ago or two years ago or last mm-hmm. week that set them into a spin of their what we call neuroception, which mm-hmm. is their sense of safety with another mm-hmm. human, you know, this partner mm-hmm. is saying to them, don't trust this. Mm. You know, I, I don't think you're on my side. Mm-hmm. But everything healthy in them is crying out to be regulated again. I really just love this theory and this whole philosophy. And one of the things that stands out about it, and I don't know if I can put it in the best the best way that I'd like to, but just sort of it kind of diffuses potentially some of the defensiveness of viewing this person more like instead of these are all the ways you've let me down. Mm-hmm. This is all, these are all the wrongs you've done more like, let me become a master and an expert at my partner's nervous system. Yeah. And I didn't mean to, but whatever, all this stuff that I've accidentally done or just their issues, they're in overdrive. They're mm-hmm. not comfortable. Their, you know, sympathetic nervous system is, is hypervigilant mm-hmm. around me. And I didn't mean to, and it's not such a, here's a list of, ways that you're a terrible spouse. It's like, oh, not at all. here's let's become, make a science and a study of our partner and try to figure out how I can make them more comfortable so they can be their best self with me. Yes. And vice versa. I, I am fine with a very selfish goal. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> fine with somebody coming in and saying, I want to have you feeling ventral because then we have more fun. I have yeah. more fun. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I have you feeling safe, then yeah. I know I meet my life goal yeah. of wanting to be married to this person forever. Yeah. I'm, I am all I'll behind get more a little sex if my partner has a better ventral. <laughs> if my partner feels good about me, yeah. I will have, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a lot more fun. Yes. Um. So this, you know, it's funny that you, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that came up because that often is the hesitancy in therapy, uh-huh. in couples therapy, is people come in and they say, they don't deserve it in their own way. Like, uh-huh. I don't want to be nice to them. They haven't yeah. been nice to me. Yeah. Or they haven't taken care of me, so I don't want to. Yeah. And you really, as a therapist, have to get back down to, well, what do you want? Yeah. You know? What would motivate you yeah. to work hard? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. You don't want to make them feel better. Yeah. I wouldn't want to either yeah. if I were you right yeah. now. Like, you're yeah. just a human being. Give yourself a break. Right. What do you want in five years? Yeah. Well, I want us to have this kind of family, or I want to feel loved. If you want to feel loved, then if I were you, I'd go at it a different way. Right. Because the way you're doing this, you're 100% not going to feel loved. It's not working. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just let's be weird and try something different. Yeah. And inevitably, it's going to work. But there's this hitch in that moment of... I don't want to be nice to them. They're not being nice to right, me. Right, right. Because we're humans. I want to withhold. I want to get revenge or be passive aggressive. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course we yeah. all do. I do too. Robert does too. Yeah. I'm sure. You want to admit it, but I, I'm sure. Occasionally she says to me, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Once I, every blues I, I've now. wanted to. I've sure <laughs> wanted to. Thought my, crossed my mind. No, <laughs> of I, course it is. It, yeah. You can't, once you start learning this stuff, this, it, it makes sense of every single yeah. thing in human psychology of relationship. It makes it all come, it's it's lit up. Wow. And now yeah. once clients can understand, this is the beauty of this. I really want to encourage anybody to look into it. There's a great uh-huh. book by, by uh, Deb Dana uh-huh. called Anchored. 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 Okay. Where she has explained this. In fact, our 23-year-old daughter, it's so funny. ADHD, uh-huh. very reactive, wonderful little human. Uh-huh. Brains to burn, as Robert says. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so 
she wanted to go on a trip somewhere and I was like, look, I'll, I'll buy your plane ticket. However, you're going to do a book club with mom for the month and we're going to read this book together and we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so now we have this wonderful language with each other about when, cause she with ADHD and Uh you may have a felt sense of this and Robert does too, but yeah, like you can quickly go into your sympathetic, uh-huh. quickly feel like somebody's against you, quickly mm-hmm. the whole rejected you want to people please. Yes, uh, you know that is all that sympathetic system getting activated so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's a very tender system, mm-hmm. and so I wanted Bennett to have that language, mm-hmm. not just for herself, but for a partner she would choose to be able yeah. to say, okay, to, to love me is to yeah. know I get reactive really quickly. And uh, you know, her friends are wonderful because they'll, they'll call her on it and say, yes, you say things you shouldn't, you pop uh-huh. off. Yeah. When she's in that sympathetic, she to have words she for your apologize experience. a lot. Yeah. Exactly. She does. Wow. She's amazing. She's learned to do that, to build that. To, this is her way of co-regulating. Uh huh. You know, so getting back I might pop sink. off. Yeah. But and working on that brain's not fully formed. But I'm able to come back and say sorry. Mm. Yeah. That co-regulating reminds me of the idea of EMDR between people mm-hmm. instead of like neurofeedback or EMDR in your head. Mm-hmm. You know. And mm-hmm. I love the some symbolism behind it, whether it's throwing a ball or kicking a ball, just the idea of teamwork, cooperation, we are on the same team. And I, I see this a lot, and I'm sure you as a specialist in the couples work see this so much. I feel like so many couples, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast, there have been times that you almost start to feel your partner is your enemy, like it's a com- competition. It's not almost, Beth. Yeah, it's, okay, it's, thank it's, you. It, you do feel that way because your body uh-huh. is telling you that they are. Ah. That's normal. Uh huh. That's normal. Because they're just another human being. They're that's another human being competing and you for sense resources. Danger. Yeah. And very often it's something that the, the, the feeling, that trick knee or that tender spot that you're feeling. Is something that happened before they were ever a part of your life. Mm-hmm. This is why we talk about relationships as an amazing place to heal whatever happened before. Mm. A know, reparative some, experience. Yeah, very much so. I think yeah. in my therapy talks about that. Uh-huh. Like just the right partner comes along to trigger, to flip all those switches in wow. you so that they can be healed. Wow. And so often I'll have a couple come in um, and I'll tell them very early on, this is a sign you're in a good relationship. Uh-huh. If I feel that way, I don't say yeah. that if I don't yeah. feel that way. But this is a sign that you are in a relationship that's going to heal you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because, because it's flipping the right switches. You're getting the opportunity. Doing the work. Yeah. The unresolved. Yep, yep, yep. To say this person looks like they're just mad at me all the time and they're not really. What, uh-huh. What's that about? Yeah. Well, it's about my brain saying you don't want to feel that way you felt yeah. growing up or neglected or abandoned or what unfinished business am I trying to work through? Yes, it's unfinished business. And you're, you know, what was it? Bessel van der Kolk, uh-huh. all of his wonderful work about yeah. the body keeps the score. Yeah. The body remembers yes. what it feels like to be neglected. Yes. The body remembers what it feels like to be embarrassed or ashamed mm-hmm. in front of a crowd. Mm. The body knows what it feels like mm-hmm. to be abused. Mm-hmm. And so it does this beautiful job of trying to stop you from ever feeling that way again. Wow. And so when your partner comes in, you get a whiff, a tiny whiff of that. Your beautiful body, your beautiful neural system says, alert, you might feel ashamed here again. 
it recreates the past in order to help you move past it yeah. and grow. Or you want to do a different dance move. So perhaps as a child or in a relationship in your yeah. 20s when you didn't know better, you know, you, you didn't stand you up did, for yourself. You didn't stand or, up for yourself yeah. or you did so in such a way that made things worse. And we keep getting these opportunities over and over and over again. That's what I see in couples therapy. Yeah. We get these opportunities again to try a different dance move and it is hard. Mm -hmm. It's like pulling teeth so many times to get mm -hmm. people because we're on autopilot. Oh, we do the same yeah, thing. Because it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. To, to try to do something different, to try to put my heart out there mm -hmm. with somebody that I've had my heart closed to forever. Heart closed felt good. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt safer. Mm-hmm. And so when people are having to get out there and say, yeah, that, that really hurt. I felt embarrassed or mm -hmm. I um, was thinking that maybe you didn't want me. This mm -hmm. is my story about that. We talked mm -hmm. about that last time. This is my story about that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a whole new it, I, I describe it like a dance move. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear that in Hold Me Tight with all mm -hmm. of the with relationships being yeah. dance. The protest polka yes. and some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the protest is what we do. The demon dialogues. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. She's right though. I mean, she's yeah. she's amazing too. You know, we live in such a fascinating time where we actually mm -hmm. know what's happening when relationships are healthy. Mm -hmm. We know it on a physical level now as mm -hmm. well. So I think, you know, as much as I don't want to learn every single part of what's wrong in my car. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know how my car runs. I really don't. It's yeah. just way above my pay grade. Yeah. Amen. I do <laughs> want to know when the lights go on what to do. Ooh. So I think that's what when we see our partner, like I might take it into somebody else mm -hmm. or I might just not panic at all because I know mm -hmm. what that is and I can work with it and it'll go away. I mm -hmm. mean, so we want to be able to navigate those systems in our partner. Yeah in the same way that we know yeah. our car. And I don't expect people to understand the neurobiology of the polyvagal system right. in their automatic, right. autonomic nervous system. That's not necessary. What I do think would be helpful is if we paid attention to the fact that at one point you were co-regulating or you wouldn't have partnered with this person. Yeah. You know, and so what has happened since then that got your nervous system ratcheted up in a way that you couldn't manage? Mm-hmm that perhaps had a knock-on effect or definitely had a knock-on effect right. with your partner. And you guys now are regulating each other in this more fearful dance. Mm -hmm. And you really want to be back into this comforting dance mm -hmm. with each other. But that may, for couples who have been in that dance for a long time, it feels so unfamiliar that it's yeah. very hard to push them back into it. They'll, they will kick and scream before they'll be comforting and loving for their partners. They just want to, I know I find there are so many couples who just want to come in and talk about all the awful things about their partner mm -hmm. and they don't like it when yeah. I hold them to trying to do something different. Yeah. But that's our job. Yeah. It's, it really is fascinating. And, and just a quick image that might make some of that neurobiology come to life is like, you know, adopting a dog who's super scared of men and you don't understand why, because you know that you, the men in your house have yeah. never abused it, but that dog for years is still on edge around men, you mm -hmm. know, and, and in our marriages and partnerships that can take years to unlearn and to retrain your body and to get into that co-regulation. Um, and there's a reason you want to do it. There's Not a reason for them. Uh -huh. As a healer, but because it gives you your life back. Yeah, you're not happy and it's healthy. It's not all altruistic. You're not just having the social work in your relationships. If you're doing that, then you don't have a two-way street. 
it's healthy for you, not just, you're not just doing it for the marriage. It's for both of you. Yeah. yeah. It, it's for, yeah, it, it's for you as well. I like your image of that. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would change mm-hmm. with, the one thing I would add to mm-hmm. it is the fact that we have a different expectation of a pet. Mm-hmm. So when we know that that pet has been injured, we have such compassion. Mm. We can say, oh, that's why you're doing that. We don't have all that baggage yeah, and defensiveness. Yeah, we might not tug on the collar pulling them in as much yeah. as we know that they're just so afraid during thunderstorms mm-hmm. or they got left out. We had a dog growing up who'd been outside forever and we, we hypothesized that she'd been outside in lots of thunderstorms. And mm-hmm. so every time it stormed, she would go and sleep under the parent's bed. Mm-hmm. And so there was compassion for that. Oh, thunderstorm's coming. Yeah. You know, you know Dolly's going to be under the bed. There's compassion. But we didn't have an expectation that Dolly would be regulating us. Mm. And so when you get into partnership, that's where it's so hard is that, wait, in the beginning, I felt so much better with you. You, you want a lot of reciprocation and yeah, investment, yeah. nurturance. And that's and, part of what sets the system off uh, is not having that, where I might not expect that of a pet. I have an easier time finding my compassion. Right. I don't, it's much harder work to find compassion, to find compassion for somebody I expect so much from yes. to be a safe pair of hands for me. Ooh, that's great. That's and, really and important. So that's our job though, is to get back to that place where I can have compassion because I cannot, if my system is activated mm-hmm. in a way that takes me into that offline mm-hmm. where I'm despondent, mm-hmm. it's the basics of war. It really mm-hmm. is, is that I, I can't, um, I'm not supposed to have compassion for the enemy. Right. And my body can easily, in a nanosecond, think that he's the yeah. enemy. It's, it's my work. Yeah. This is one really interesting thing that I should have read before I brought it up. But um, Dr. Tim Jennings, a local psychiatrist who's moving to Virginia right now, he talks about in one of his books how there's a, a Bible verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. And he explains the the chemistry, the brain neurobiology of that is, you know, if you're in a fear mode or overdrive mm-hmm. mode, you can't feel love or compassion right. the same way. Um, and, and imagine being in the middle of a, you know, the war trenches and you're being bombed and someone comes over and says, you know, oh, my dog just died or something. And you're like, I can't even think about this or you hurt my feelings yesterday. Like, I don't care, you know, Um, I don't have the capacity to care. So that the knowing that is one thing. Mm -hmm. The next part of that is the responsibility of it. The responsibility. If you choose to be in a relationship, Mm -hmm. it's okay if you don't. But if you Mm -hmm. choose to be, Mm -hmm. it means part of my responsibility is learning how to get my system back to a place of being a partner. Mm. And I've had many couples I've had to work with who have a playlist on the way home you know, of songs that they listen to that get their bodies out of work mode and into partner or parent mode. Mm. Or somebody who says, look, I'm just not available for the first 15 minutes I get home. I need to go take a shower. Mm-hmm. I remember reading about a couple many years ago. I was thinking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. A couple who, after work, they would both go and get in the shower together. They had one of those big, huge double showers. They would just talk in the shower for 15 minutes. And And re-regulate and co-regulate. It was just like get in the shower, grounding, as you were saying earlier, Robert. And kind of a reset button, change gears. Reset button. That's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And then they would get into their cooking and their family time and they're washing the work off from the day. I don't even know what they did for work during the day. That has stuck with me for That's a couple so of decades good. because 
I, I see that need for a reboot, especially in our world right now, mm -hmm. where the demands on our body exceed what our body was meant to do. Yeah. And so then we come home and have to have compassion and connection. And so if people are eating badly or not sleeping, I shouldn't say badly, it's not mm -hmm. judgmental, but if they're eating in a way that doesn't fuel their system. Just unhealthy, yeah. yeah if, if it doesn't fuel yeah. their system, so their system is depleted. They're not sleeping, mm -hmm. so that part of their system isn't full, or they don't feel that their work is making anything better for anybody in the world mm -hmm. in any small way, yeah. any way, even yeah. if it's just the paycheck that helps fuel your family. Then we've got systems that are undernourished mm -hmm. and not able to get into that ventral state nearly as easily Amen. just in a safe sense yeah so it's good to know these things but it's also important to know that it is our responsibility it's not mm -hmm. our partner's responsibility mm -hmm. it's our responsibility mm -hmm. to be aware of where am i on that ladder right now where am i and what do i need to do what are some actual tools that i have that can get me back to a place where i'm less activated and more available mm -hmm. to my family. That's so good. Available is a big part of this. Yeah. Because you can sense it, I'm sure. I mean, every we can all sense it if we're mm -hmm. not available to our partner. Mm -hmm. Let's make that not scary. That's so good. Let's yeah. make that not scary. So it's not scary to my family if mm -hmm. I come home and have to say, I need 15 minutes. I remember mm -hmm. when the girls were little, I would have to say, girls, I need 15 minutes just by myself, mm -hmm. just to pull my head together and then mommy will be fully back but mm -hmm. I have had a doozy of a day mm. and I just need a few minutes just by myself and then you'll get full mommy that's not scary that might be disappointing mm -hmm. you know because they had something to tell me right or they wanted some time but I ooh, I'm offline that's amazing though it's just off the charts healthy modeling clarity not expecting people to read your mind mm -hmm. but just really I think more of us really needed a lot of that and haven't gotten it. Mm -hmm. We're not self-aware. We don't explain it to other people because we don't even know it. Yes. And we push through things like I just had a terrible day at work or I'm mm -hmm. starving, but I got to come home and be positive and turn it on. And, and you can't. That's you that can't. 20%. Did you hear that? That thought. Just go home, fake it, yes. turn it on. You know, force it. Do you not think that the whole family feels that? Yes, it's then unnatural. It. My kids could, right? You know, I know you could. Like, if you're just forcing it, like, what are you off? What's but going on? But being clear and most explaining people don't know how that. to talk about it. Yeah. So good therapy. Um, I think we talked about last time, but mm -hmm. good therapy, especially for couples and relationships, is going to be learning a whole lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A whole lot about how your body works, what your action tendencies are when you feel hurt or uncared for, or why do I do that? That's kind of interesting. And what would be some healthier moves? Learning a whole lot about your partner. What depletes mm -hmm. their tank? What mm -hmm. fills them up? What is it that helps their system run well? Mm -hmm. And then just basic relationship stuff. Like, let's learn some stuff about this thing mm -hmm. that changes our health dramatically and learn how to drive this kind of car. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it's just about personal responsibility is what therapy is, which is why individual therapy is predictive often of divorce, because we're not doing that individual responsibility, mm -hmm. learning about our own neural system. Yes, right. we're learning about the fact that we're hurt, sad, scared, but we're not learning um, much about what my, my tendencies were and how mm -hmm. I contributed 
to the problem. Yeah. What can you work on? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot in it, but I'm, I'm hoping that anybody who's listening and is interested mm-hmm. will look up uh, YouTube's free, obviously mm-hmm. anything on polyvagal. Yes. P-O-L-Y-V-A-G-A-L and co-regulation. Because if you're curious about this, I mean, if you already, you're curious about it. If you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. but if you're curious about it, then I just want to give you a hug because mm-hmm. I know your partner is going to feel more loved mm. by the end of this day. Oh, just yeah. by you're starting to think differently about how does this person feel mm-hmm. in the room with me? Mm-hmm. This brain that is eight times a second calculating whether I am on his or her team. That's mind blowing. It is mind blowing. It is life changing when you start to realize the responsibility mm-hmm. that you take on when you take on a partner. That I am either his safe space or I am his terrorist. I am his emotional terrorist. And by the time couples get in my office, often they are emotional terrorists who think they aren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have no idea what they're doing. No clue. They're in pain and hurting people. Hurt people hurt people until they know better. And uh, so that that would be my hope from our, our talk today, Beth, is that is that someone will, one person maybe will look at polyvagal and start to understand their own biology and understand that it's a physical felt sense of safety. Yeah. That changes. It's a felt sense of safety that predicts whether Mm -hmm. we can have a conversation with another human Mm -hmm. being. It's not thoughts like Mm -hmm. all these things we see out in the world, like keep calm and carry on. I'd like Mm -hmm. to burn them all, Mm -hmm. you know, or think thoughts Mm -hmm. that are calm thoughts. It doesn't work. You know, people who are meditating or using mindfulness are using something to put their body back into a safe state. Right. So that they can then think and be creative. Prayer, if people use that, or Mm -hmm. meditation, whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. use, puts people back in a safe state. What is it? You know, I guess that would be the challenge that maybe we could leave with. Is Mm -hmm. that good? Yeah. For each of us to think about what is something that regulates me? that puts my body back into a safer state. And I'm going to give some examples of what I use. And if my husband hasn't, he's welcome to share those. But, um, you know, for me, I have found that going outside into our yard, I was telling Beth earlier, mm-hmm. you know, putting my feet in the grass. And mm-hmm. that may be a little too earthy for some people. That's fine. I love it. But I put my feet in the grass. My husband is a master gardener and farmer. And so mm-hmm. I go out and eat the raspberries and look at the flowers that he's grown in our yard Um, or other things that work for me is I might okay I know this is not good I know this okay so it doesn't have to be like super healthy and virtuous kind of stuff I listen to true crime Uh I will put on a podcast like brain off I don't listen to it Uh I do sort of but like just having somebody tell me a story is very regulating for me. Yeah. Um, holding Robert's hand, oh. very regulating for me. Um, at the end of the day, when I'm needing to turn my body down, mm-hmm. I watch cooking videos. Mm-hmm. There are certain ones that I think are fabulous. Yeah. Some of them would be too activating. If I watched a cooking show where mm-hmm. people were getting fired or kicked off, I wouldn't like that very much. Mm-hmm. But I know for my system, 
It's just seeing somebody have the joy. It's like tuning into your own system yes. and noticing what down regulates you, calms yes. you. Yes. And then. Well, there's a great app called Luna. Did we talk about this last time? I don't remember. It's an app called Luna, L-O-O-N-A. I don't okay. receive any benefit from telling you about that. <laughs> but it's basically a regulator and it's for people who have trouble sleeping. Really? And it is brilliant. You know, they tell you to have screens off. However, uh-huh. I'm arguing with that in this case because uh-huh. it's this amazing storytelling mechanism where oh. you, I'm not an artist, but where you're actually touching these things and coloring it in and it just regulates the nervous system. It has these psychologists work to do the music on it mm-hmm. and it's um, it's absolutely brilliant. So, so cool. the reason I'm telling you that is that I've got now a tool belt mm-hmm. full of things that regulate me. I know mm-hmm. which teas I like, which tea is my favorite to regulate. Mm-hmm. I know that regulation is not about my head saying, calm down, breathe, think happy thoughts, write mm-hmm. your gratitude list. Those are all things that are great, mm-hmm. but you know, they need to happen when I'm online. So it's a more physical sense of, can you feel your feet? And those things are self-care, but they would help your relationships 100%. and your whole family. Yes. Yes, and if my goal is to be in a family, yeah, and my goal is to be with this human being, and then I need very much to know my system and have a lot that regulates it. Mm. I love this. There's one song that I love too. Um, I'm telling you all the current regulation carol strategies. There's, there's a <laughs> top ten, a top ten, different top ten this time. I know, but you know it's going to be different for everybody. So raspberries, I'm telling you silly yeah, no, for you, stuff. I love it though. Silly it makes people's dark chocolate. chocolate. Yes, but Yum. there's one that I there's a song I listen to every night, and it's James Taylor singing with his son. Oh, it's the good night song that they've been singing Aww. on stage for the last couple of years, and it is just amazing that he sings Aww. it with his son. And when I start that, my body goes, oh, I get it. It's time to relax. It's not a thought. Yeah. It's a feeling. Wow. And once I start hearing that, we know we're powering down. And all of us need to know how to power down our system mm-hmm. that has gotten activated to do something that it didn't need to do. It wasn't actually in danger, by the way. Mm-hmm. It thought it was this precious system of mine. Mm-hmm. Thought it was in danger of being neglected, abandoned, or abused, mm-hmm. you know, or not being safe. So mm-hmm. it charged up. Yeah. And I have to put my arms around it and say, you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Your lens there told a different story. Like someone hugging you when you're tense. Yes. And and you come home and you want to be that huggable, warm, approachable person, but you're tense for yeah. whatever happens. And it's still just a hug. Yeah. So kind of getting your, your body, you know, calm through, whether it's a shower or eating raspberries or James Taylor's song or anything, just... Whatever it does that works for you, I want to encourage a listener to make a list of, let's say, five things. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to be a lot more than mm-hmm. that. So this, At is, least a, this is your Google document, this working document of what are the things that when I feel don't, I feel uncared for, feel unloved, help me pull my system back in. And we call mm-hmm. it going back up into ventral, basically. Mm. What, what pulls me back up the ladder mm-hmm. To ventral. I actually need to know that information. I think in our culture, what we've created, and maybe this is worldwide now, but we've created an idea that if I am falling down the ladder, you should be doing it for me. Mm. You should be making me feel better. Uh. So we've lost a lot of the personal responsibility and relationship. Um, and it should be a co-regulation. Mm-hmm. It can't be just one person doing mm-hmm. it. I also need to know 
that my lens has just changed the whole story. Right. So if I'm in that ventral state of safety, I see your innocence. Mm-hmm. I see you as a human. I give you more grace. If I'm in that sympathetic, if I'm in that really mm-hmm. activated, mobilized, like falling down the ladder, mm-hmm. not just the, not just when I get a little bit of energy, mm-hmm. but when I've got way too much for my system to manage, mm-hmm. for what the what the activity requires at the moment, mm-hmm. then I'm going to see you as a threat. I'm going to see you not wanting to help me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think that you're not on my side. And if you I can't go, access the parts of your brain that help you connect and yeah. have fun and all that. It's not there. Yeah. It's not there. And then if it goes even further and I get into that, what we call a dorsal collapse, mm. you know, where nobody's on my side, I'm feeling very hopeless. That's the most primal part of the brain is the dorsal vagal and the pace in the parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. And you're just not having life energy, the vitality Ooh, that, yeah. that psychology that psychologist talked about. You know, then we know we've got a lot of work to get back up the system. But that story from that system is different as well, isn't it? If I am talking to you out of my dorsal system, mm-hmm. I'm telling you a story that things are never going to get better. Right. How uh, just using you and Robert, you have a wonderful, beautiful marriage. But if you all were both in dorsal collapse, how would you have a nice, connected, happy marriage? We, we would be we. Yeah, we wouldn't. And so many people are in that because of young kids or they hate their job. Sure, or they're it's an overwhelm, or, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's an overwhelm. Yeah. You know, we all go in and out of these all mm-hmm. day long. Mm-hmm. So this is normal. These are all, these are not abnormal systems, but it's where you live. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about where your home away from home is. Where you spend the most time. Yeah, or... yeah. I tend toward a more anxious system. Mm-hmm. I know that about yeah, myself. Me too. I'm a more anxious person. Yeah. And I've just really gotten in touch with that over the last few years. I've learned that I have to manage that, which is so fascinating mm-hmm. how to manage that and have a happier life and live in a body that has ease and safety. Mm-hmm. But I think, what would you say that you do? I was a rank two. Um, yeah. Myself. What do you do? Um, well, there are certain things that we do together, obviously, that uh, definitely help. Like we do a, a crossword puzzle. Mm. Every day. Oh. And that is wonderfully powerful. Actually, we do three. Nice. Because we do the New York Times spelling bee as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, if things that I do in a solitary way would be being outside, I need to be outside, Mm -hmm. I need to be posturing, as I call it. In (laughs) other words, not actually doing anything, just sort of brain off guard, not doing anything completely. Positive, just looking at what needs to be done in the garden, going around, admiring it, and pottering. Like and puttering around, kind of? I think that's the American version. <laughs> pottering is pottering. Um, can you feel that, though, even as you're yeah. sitting here talking about it? Can Absolutely. you feel Very what that much. feels when yeah. you're walking around pottering? I'm getting my binoculars <laughs> out and looking at things, <laughs> mostly birds through the binoculars, looking to see what's on the bird feeders or what's flying through me. Had a Cooper's hawk come through yesterday and like a sensory experience and, yeah it's very a sensory, yeah. sensory experience and that is supremely you know, it's interesting, and I, I hope you don't mind since Carol said this out loud on the podcast, like I take it you either have ADHD or, or y'all think he has ADHD. I have had, I don't have a great memory for my childhood, like a lot of specifics, but one interesting thing that I 
have remembered and and I feel affectionately good about it, which makes me happy. Like it's sort of like a valuing or treasuring my little self or something. I used to spend hours and hours and hours just staring at my collections. Mm. And it was everything from lip glosses, little Bonnie Bell lip glosses, yeah. or roll-on lip glosses, or a little Mary Kay miniature lipsticks my aunt, great aunt gave me, or sticker collections, or eraser collections. Yeah. I would stare at them and never use them. I would never use the, hardly any of them. The stickers were still there in my 20s. The erasers were barely used. I didn't use the lipsticks. I yeah. threw away a lot of those little um, lip glosses when I was about 30 years old. But I would just kind of- But kinda, you're smiling telling the story. Yeah. Still. I, yeah. I mean, I just, it. but I, I, being a hyper, you know, ADHD kid, it's interesting to me, but I could go into my- probably theta wave you could soothe yourself i soothe myself and i don't know why i found it so interesting people watching me might have been like this is kind of weird how how many <laughs> hours are you gonna stare at your your collections but, but i had joy in it i did yeah. so many people actually will collect in a frenetic way but never really enjoy it they just like the kind of elastic yeah process, yeah but not the actual yeah appreciation of it and the collecting of it are two very separate activities. Interesting. Well, it reminds me of you and your garden, like the binoculars, just savoring the aesthetics of mm. just nature. And I wish mine was more more glamorous than like lip gloss and makeup. But It the, was a beginning, though, of even the art that you brought to us today that you wanted yeah. Robert to look at. I oh, mean, yeah. he, will, he will sit in our house and he will enjoy polishing the silver. And he looks at it like you did your lip gloss. You know, uh -huh. he look at it, he appreciates it. Uh, he brings it to me. I have no appreciation for it, poor thing. <laughs> but, um, but he'll bring me these things and say, "This, these little fingers made this, and this yeah, is what this means. And, but you, you huh. really, it's a real regulation yes. of the neural system where I know for me getting up in the morning, one of the most important things I can do is to teach myself something every day. Uh -huh. So I'll get up and I'll listen to something, watch something, study something every morning before I do work. Mm -hmm. but, and it regulates me a lot. Mm. I love, love, love to learn, mm -hmm. yeah, um, which sounds a little cheesy, but I no, it makes you such an expert at what you do. But yeah. I love it. I'm it's not amazing. making myself do it. No. I love it. Yeah. I'm at my happiest when I'm in the middle of a class learning something that I don't know about couples. That's I mean, so Robert, cool. I'm just high. Yeah. Know, just learning yeah. stuff. Giddy. So I have hoarded yeah. that. Uh -huh. I have just grabbed the same way that smile you have on your face uh -huh. about the lip glosses mm -hmm. and maybe about the art now and this joy you have showing us around this amazing office that you have, that oh. you've created. It's Thank just you. an art piece. I mean, oh. it's beautiful. Thank you. It's the same regulation. And I wonder how many people know themselves well enough now to know right. this works for me so that I can be a better partner for you. And yes. so that I can get what I want. If I'm not doing these things, we're going to suffer. Yes. If I'm not taking care of my body yeah. and my neural system in a way that gives me enough opportunity mm. to be in connection with you, we're going to suffer. Mm. I'm just going to be this little dysregulated machine running around, you know, setting the thermostat to be crazy in our house. Right. Running yourself ragged may seem noble and wonderful. Well, it but does if in our culture, not, but it doesn't work. Yes, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. you got to have a heck of a lot of fuel in the tank mm -hmm. if you're going to run around like a crazy person these yep. days. 
and most of us don't know what that fuel is for our system. So that's the homework leading mm. the pod, leaving the podcast today is five things and make it in pencil because you may change it and say, actually, come to think of it, I've been doing that thing for yeah. three years and it doesn't work for me yeah. at all. I just thought it did. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something really silly that you've never heard anybody else use to regulate. Mm-hmm. But if it works for you, awesome. And don't judge your partner if, because you and Robert, this is a great illustration. I've had couples and people that did this. Like you could be going, why do you waste so much time walking around the backyard with binoculars? Do something. And and that's so harmful. I know what works for him. And I value it because then I get him back. Yeah. And he's like, what's your problem? Like, you think it's fun to learn? Like, loosen up, do something. That's so judging. And it's so like not emotionally safe. Like just thrive on your partner being different and unique. And it's wonderful. There's so much beauty in what you both love doing. But people can be so demeaning about what would downregulate. So the second else. question then to that would be, why does it bring up a threat response in me? So mm. if I were to say, gosh, you know, if I would feel judgment coming up in mm-hmm. me because Robert was walking around the yard with his binoculars on <laughs> for a really long time, which is pretty much a daily thing. <laughs> um, but if I were to feel judgment come up about that, it's not my job to first go tell him to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. My job is to say, hold on, what's happening? this thing that he's done forever why is it triggering why is it bringing up some kind of threat in me right now or some Mm -hmm. kind of darkness what what is going on Mm -hmm. and then i need to look at it really simple things like the love languages i need to look at some of those things and thinking are we just have we not spent enough time together Mm -hmm. have i not heard enough nice things from him you know have i have we, what's going on? Why are we depleted that mm-hmm. all of a sudden I give him no benefit of the doubt or no grace mm-hmm. to just be himself? Mm-hmm. He's just being himself. Yeah. Why am I trying to change that? That's the person I married. Mm-hmm. What's going on with me? Yes. And it might be that I have to say, you know what? We haven't spent a lot of time together. I was noticing when you were out in the garden that I wanted you to come in and hold my hand and hang out because because you're spending a lot of time in the garden and I'm not getting enough time. Your hands are in the garden and not on me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So all of a sudden I figured it out and I've sent him an invitation instead of written him a ticket. Right. Or something when he wasn't Which doing brings him anything towards wrong. you instead exactly. of away. He's going to have compassion. This is the bottom line. He's going to have compassion if I say I'm a little bit off because I'm realizing that I was about to get mad at you. Like the man who was late to church. (laughs) Yes, I was about to get mad at you. Sorry about that. Uh Because I'm not getting your attention as much as those birds and flowers are. Yes. And again, those hands should be on me. Yes. Yes. What is this telling me? What can we learn? Yes. Yes. But first, it's the power of the pause. It's the power of the pause. You know, stop for just a second. Oh, Why? Yeah, yeah, the pause. Yes, the beautiful <laughs> pause as well. Yes, I married him for his beautiful pause. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's true. I think that's the important part of that. Mm-hmm. Is it why what's happening first? I'm going to have to listen to a song, pull myself back together. Mm. If I'm irritated and question that first. Mm-hmm. You want one more story? Yes. <laughs> okay. Your husband will have to edit away. <laughs> I love it. No. When, when I was driving down to see Robert um, in the Gulf a couple of weeks ago, it was pouring rain. And I've had some nasty car wrecks in my life. And oh, so, no. so I'm related to weather. And 
so it was a six it's usually a six hour 15 minute trip that took me nine uh from torture. when i left to when i got there because i left around two i think i got there at 11 so maybe it was more like eight hours because of the time anyway it was one of those pour down rain where you have to pull over i have to uh-huh, pull over so uh-huh. i had to do that three times i think three oh. times where i had to pull over and robert's great because when it's really bad i'll call him and say can you look on the radar and tell me how long I'm going to mm-hmm. be in this terrible situation? Mm-hmm. You know, how long is it going to be? And can you stay on the phone with me a little? Because this is really bad. Like, I cannot see anything. And mm. I'm scared. I don't know when the next pull off is. I mean, it was one of those like sheeting rain. Really bad. And so he's more than once walked me through that, whether it was getting ahead of a blizzard when we were driving out of Chicago one time with the, I mean, so anyway, I really rely on him for that. And this time it was getting dark and I was starting to feel anxious. And so I think we probably talked three times. And at some point he did his, all right, well, I'm going to let you go. (laughs) And which he should have. He was in the middle of watching something really Uh interesting that he was really enjoying. And, uh, And I noticed that I got really activated about it. Like, wait a minute. Like I'm driving, I, I wanted to do the defensive thing. Like I'm driving all the way down to the Gulf, you know, you. to be for you. And uh-huh. you can't even stay on the phone with me. And so then I made myself laugh uh-huh. and I made myself do this thing that I have my clients do, which is directly say to him, of course he wasn't in the car, but I did anyway. Like you should always want to talk to me 100% of the time. <laughs> never hang up on, never be never the first to hang up. You should never have anything that's uh, <laughs> it's interesting to you. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh gosh, what an idiot I am. And then I called him and laughed. It was like, I just want you to know what I just did. I just did a little <laughs> practice on myself and you didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but I knew that, you know, I was so torqued up because I was scared. And you felt a little abandoned. I did feel yet. a little abandoned, yeah. which is he didn't do anything. But you are in trauma Yes, yes. But my nervous system told a different story yes. in that moment. Before I even thought about it, it was upset with him. Yeah. But then I was able to think, oh, okay. And if I had said, no, actually, I really need you, he would have been there. Right. I wasn't right. doing that. I just, anyway, it's just funny to see what our bodies do and to be able to take a moment to say, it's okay. Right. You know what? My whole system is messed up right now because I'm scared. Uh-huh. I'm on the road. I'm alone. It's at night. And of course, that separation moment of feeling like he wasn't there mm-hmm. set out a protest in mm-hmm. me. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's okay. And if you had attacked him, if I had attacked it would have him. felt so wrong because he knows he's so dutiful. How many men or women would take three calls yeah. from a spouse yes. and be on that long? Like, be that you know, but yes. and yeah. And I really, I thought about it that if I had told him again, like, I really, I'm scared. He'd mm-hmm. be there in a second. Yes. But what was that momentary hitch? Mm-hmm. What was that momentary hitch? You know, it was that sense of separation. Mm-hmm sense of somebody not wanting to be there that all of our bodies and brains have mm-hmm. that needs to be managed by me first mm-hmm. and then us by right. me first mm-hmm. and then us and i have to know my neural system i have to know where i went right with that event what is this telling me before i react and do damage to yeah, someone because i would have yes hurt people hurt yeah, people we do it all the time yeah, yeah. i could have said all kinds of ugly yeah. things and they would have been so unfair right. yes yeah i could yeah said, and then i would have had to have done damage control and uh-huh <laughs> yeah so anyway i think it's just looking into our yeah. own bodies first 
that there's nobody who's going to trip that wire better than our partner is that so we better know our own wires uh, our own wiring system well this has been absolutely amazing and thanks it's been fun uh, I think we fun. could go till dinner time but Probably. it's lunch I think, need, <laughs> I think we need to feed these people <laughs> well thank you for being here sweetheart oh, it's yeah. cool to have you here Oh, listening to you. Oh. Both of you, actually, because you bring out the best in those. Oh. Very good, the way you kind of lead her into all the various different things. And, uh, I get to hear about it for the first time, too, but most of this I haven't heard before. Right. You're not sitting at all her marriage seminars and in her marriage sessions, so it's cool to see her live yeah. doing, working her magic. Oh, I, oh that's very sweet. I that's very sweet. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Let's oh, do it again. Thank you. I'll, at any time. You tell me. <laughs> I'll do it at midnight virtually oh, if I have so to. sweet. You love to learn too, don't you? I do, especially when it's from someone that's an expert and such oh, a topic sweet. I'm so passionate about. Well, we'll keep learning together. Oh, man. Yes. I, Thanks, Beth. Thank you.